Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 459. This is your guide to the geek side, and I am Todd Oxtra from the Emerging Frost of Minnesota, joined by Charlie Carden. Uh, he said he wouldn't talk about Weather Carden. Uh, damn it! And what's funny is we did Code 47 before I recorded this, and we started talking about the weather because it was me and Aaron and Jen Watson. Jen lives in Chicago, and both Jen and I overslept today, which is why we got a late start doing it. And she's like, it's cold. And I'm like, you know what? It is cold. And then we started talking about the weather. And at the end of it, I said, you know, this is the wrong show to be talking about weather because Todd and I do that because we're old and old people like to talk about the weather. Anyway, yes, it is also starting to defrost here. So we're getting a warm snap in the next two weeks. So I have these huge icicles hanging off my house, so watch out as those come careening down. Ah! Yikes. Quick catch. Anyway, quick catch. Oh, man. But yeah, no, I'm excited to jump in here. Uh, Todd's going to give me a litmus test in a minute here when it comes to our cover of the week, but I don't want to spoil it before I talk about uh, paying the bills, which is paying homage or homage, if you prefer, uh, to the wonderful folks who support us via patreon.com slash secret friends united it's that spot where we produce a lot of fun extra content um and we would love to have you give us a check out if you visit that website you can get a free week uh and listen to our fun shows i do a show called the facts and geek life where we talk about a classic series and a season and a few episodes and we have a good time todd you've got some projects as well mark has too um and we overall just have a blast so uh, on the friends with benefits level johnson dorf the awesome Phoenix Sisters cosplay, Kelly was on with us last week. Brendan Myers, the Asian Sith mistress. Corey in HD. And Matthew Keel uh, over on the BFS level. The awesome Nias, Nias family of the Twin Cities, Sean, Stella, and Henry. And my friend Missy Merchant, we are very grateful for all of you. Again, if you're listening to the show, want to see what all the fuss is about, if there is in fact a fuss. Patreon.com slash Secret Friends Unite. Free one-week trial. And uh, we hope to see you there. And if you like what you hear, feel free to stick around. All right. It's quiz time. Yes. So, Charlie, this week's cover, and we got this covered, is G.I. Joe 59. And if you've listened to this podcast, Charlie is a G.I. Joe aficionado. He has read more G.I. Joe than um, I think anyone ever. I think more than Larry Hama. I think you've beat him out. Yeah, I did. I can. I, when I met him four years ago, I said, look, old man. <laughs> I know more well, about this than you do. <laughs> I do, you know, and, and I will be honest, Larry Hama, about 10, 12 years ago, picked up his pencil again and he started writing G.I. Joe again. They renumbered it 156 because this Marvel series that we were talking about ended at 155 and he just kept it moving. I don't know how he dealt with the fact that 20 years had gone by, whatever. Um, but now that same numbering is coming. Uh, issue 302 just yep. came out. 303 just came out this week. I haven't read it yet, but I can tell you what's going well, on I here. Wanna, so I want to, I want to give you my, my take on this without knowing oh, anything okay. about it. Okay. Okay. So this okay. cover, I'm going to describe it because I have no clue what's happening. I was well out of GI Joe by this point. So Fair. we've got a couple of Joes in the, this uh i don't know what we call it like a turret that's at the top yep. of a mountain then you've yep. got like i call i'm gonna call it i think that's the trouble bubble i could be wrong maybe nope, not, not okay. correct so it's a thing that looks like maybe pogo legs that cobra commander in a bad suit it, it, it is a it is called the pogo you're absolutely okay. correct okay perfect i'm great i'm batting 100 and, uh, and again it's a, it's an acronym standing for something and i i, I would course. have to look it up uh pogo operational gadget 
oh no. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, oopsie. Oopsie. Oopsie, yeah, sure. Yeah, there Oops, you go. Pogos. Um, and then, uh, so they're shooting at the Joes on this mountain. And then you've got um, Hawk from Buck Rogers. Yep, that's the guy. No <laughs> shooting shirt. at them, yeah, with, with these wings. Uh, he he kind of looks weird. He's got some other Hawks hanging out. And that's all that's happening. I don't know why. Okay, here's the thing. Almost nothing on this cover is representative of what happens inside. Um, apart from the characters, we do have all these characters. Um, essentially, what's going on here? This is issue fifty nine. In issue fifty two, uh, the uh, Cobra finally discovered GI Joe's secret headquarters. There was a huge shootout, and it was called the pit. The pit was destroyed and collapsed. Cobra Commander and Destro trapped under all this rubble, but they survived. They escaped using a, 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 in this, a honest to God, a secret escape drill that tunneled under, and it got them to freedom. And uh, Cobra Commander uh, stump that subsequently stumbles on uh, his catatonic son, who had uh, who you know, there's a whole his son Billy, whole big history there. But decides I'm going to turn my life around. Kidnaps his catatonic son uh, from the hospital, drives off to Denver, Colorado, where one. One of his undercover CGs or Fred series, the Crimson Guardsman, was located and begins his life again in uh, as Cobra Commander in this crazy armor with this crazy piece of tech. Fred's uh, companion in this is the dude in the bird suit called Raptor, and he is the Cobra bird trainer. All right. Uh, on the Joe side, the Joes are traveling in a convo with a couple of new Joes, including Tunnel Rat, who is the dude in the green that you see pictured here. And out back, the guy in the white shirt in his front of his shirt just says survival. He's a survivalist and uh, Tunnel Rat is the EOD, the explosive ordnance disposal guy. Um, they do have this turret thing but it actually is on wheels it never ends up at the top of a mountain a raptor never pulls out a gun and starts shooting and if you look at the 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 angle vectors of this nobody is hitting anybody it because if you look at where everybody's pointed it's it's a typical gi joe that you can shoot it's like the stormtroopers you can and shoot they're literally like 10 feet away <laughs> exactly so you couldn't miss but they missed so like i said nothing on this cover is representative of what happens inside uh cobra commander is in this pod thing and he attacks the convoy but is not successful and then at the end of it they just go off their separate ways and the story is set to continue but nobody nobody dies and really there's no interaction except like i said cobra commander in the pod attacks the the gi joe convoy but everybody escapes unscathed that's the story Okay, so uh, that's Charlie's remembrance of when he read it. I, I will read tell it, you read, the read summary. It years ago, yeah. I okay, will tell please. you the summary from yojo.com. Uh, oh, yes. Billy has a new leg thanks to Fred Seven, and Cobra right. Commander has his new battle ar armor suit. Raptor uses right. his trained hawks, this is the best part, and accounting skills to find a right. group of shows that are testing gear in Colorado. Billy is slowly remembering things, including his training with Storm Shadow and meets the Blind Master and Jinx. I don't know that that all happens in the same issue, but I guess it must. I mean, it had the thing is, GI Joe was was very episodic, or it was very it was very arc driven. So it was really just a lot of very ongoing storyline. Yeah, Billy was Cobra Commander's son, you know, yes. and he tried to, he tried to kill him. Storm Shadow was not going to let Billy be executed, so he saved him. That's when Cobra or Storm Shadow left Cobra. And the two of them were a pair, but then Billy leaves to confront his dad, but ends up in a terrible accident where he loses a leg and an eye and is in a coma. Uh, 
about. And that's when Cobra Commander finds him, brings him back. He gets a robot leg from Fred Seven and yada, yada, yada. Okay. So what you left out initially was the leg. So you've revised that. So that's good. Mm-hmm. And then you left out the accounting skills. So I think those are the really two important parts. I think so. Well, you know, and if you'd Raptors, and thank God, you know, with the, uh, and I'm looking right at it, my collection of the G.I. Joe classified series. I have, I, Todd and I have talked about this before. I have a very hard line that stops at the 1985 series because when you get into the 86 you say you're towing the line. Todd and I were listening to a great one-hit wonder by a dude named Rocky Burnett called Towing the Line. Just watch the video, folks. Google it and find it on YouTube. You will not be disappointed. But anyway, yeah, I, I because when you get to the 86, 87, and 88 lines on and up, which this is the 87 series, the shit is just too bizarre for me. And, the, and so I don't need a Raptor figure. I don't need – I might get Cobra Commander that armor because that was pretty dope. Um, but, you know, they don't produce a lot of vehicles. But, again, a lot of the – non-traditional like because you got the same year you had raptor you also had a guy who was a hypnotist called crystal ball who was like patterned after uh stephen king there was just a lot of weird but and then you get into the eco warriors and you get into the space command that's when it truly really got to its golden age we know that the last five years of gi joe from like 89 to 94 just skip it please Pretty please. There was because again, there was there was there was the Sunbow Deke series in in uh, eighty five and eighty six. Uh, they did GI Joe the movie in eighty seven, and then in nineteen ninety ninety one, there was another like two season cartoon, and that was the last time GI Joe was ever on television. That was thirty years gone by. Wasn't it yeah? extreme? Wasn't that on? There were some like shows on like the USA oh, Network and things like that. Maybe that Resolute was one. Did you say that was okay? Resolute that, was right. a, that Resolute was on like Cartoon Network one night. Right. So it was, find. yeah. Yeah. And I think I have a disc. Maybe you gave it to me, or I finally said, hey, I better pick this up because it'll probably go extinct. Uh, what I saw I of that so. was very good. Yeah. Gotcha. So anyway, yeah, that's G.I. Joe 59. So the series was still really readable, even with this weird stuff through at least issue, I'm going to say. 115 or so the death in the desert where you finally had some jokes get killed on a mission that was really a big deal um but you know poor larry hama i think he was really pinched to be like sorry larry we're we're coming up this weird shit you got to work it into the comic and he was probably like <sighs> no those are all real things that happened during his military time charlie oh, in vietnam warriors. they had eco warriors yeah, and stark yeah, they were all, in vietnam all legit okay Really All right, legit. very good. Oh, my God. Well, speaking of really legit, and again, if you'd like to learn more about G.I. Joe, as Todd mentioned, please visit uh, yojo.com. Uh, or if you'd like to talk to me about G.I. Joe, hit us up on our Discord or over on uh, Threads or Instagram. I'm C3 Carpenter, which I usually mention at the end of the show. But anyway, speaking about completely legit, uh, our very, honestly, very legitimate source of news would be our senior news correspondent uh, at 124 years young, down at the corner of Hollywood and Vine, giving out the hottest scoops, talking about Madam Web with our news. Let's go for it. Now it's time for Madam Web's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Web. Madam Web, you should be excited. Um, it's big football weekend coming up. Um, unfortunately you didn't get to be a cheerleader this year, but, you know, put your application in. I'm sure they're looking for a senior, you know, diversity seniors. You can break out your old, uh, beaver <laughs> skin, hire. your beaver skin oh. outfit, your, your no, pom-poms beaver skin. made out of uh straw and you'll be there with the Dallas Cowboys. 
Oh, I don't think so. All right. So what do we got going on here? You're throwing some stuff at me that's like, ah, it's a video game. What's going on? Yeah. So the first set of news is Sony has been trying to uh, develop their uh, video game properties into uh, feature films and TV series. We've already seen that with Uncharted, uh, Last of Us, uh, Twisted Metal. We are getting uh, God of War. We're getting other ones, uh, Horizon Until Dawn, uh, or Horizon Zero Dawn. But now we're getting one of their games from the PS4 era called Until Dawn uh, being made into a movie from David F. Sandberg and Gary Dauberman. So Andy on- Sandberg? Oh, yeah, exactly. Long Island. I love yeah. it. The Give fun it part me. is David F. Sandberg is, is uh, known recently for the Shazam films, but... Before that, which, which he, were fun movies, I like. Yeah, before that though, he did a lot of horror films, um, and which is kind of interesting. People thought he was interesting that he would do because he did. Um, let's see, uh, Sandberg made horror shorts in Sweden. His feature de- debut was Lights Out, and then he did uh, Annabelle Creation. So we do we do enjoy those movies. Yeah. yeah so oh, so oh Annabelle, why do you have to be so evil? You're already so not creepy looking. Yeah, so Until Dawn is one of those video games that are essentially like um choice based. And it's basically it's your own adventure. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like that. Basically, it's got a, a group of teens going up to this house for the weekend in the middle of nowhere, which is always a bad idea. Yep. Great, great pick. Good idea. Do it. Exactly. And so through it all, then there you find out there's something that's stalking them and killing them. And all through it is the goal is to get as many of these people to survive. So you'll play each character through certain pieces of it. And you have to make decisions. If you like stumble in the wrong place, you try to hide and you breathe too loud, you could get killed. Um, I hate when that happens. And I love the game. But the cool part is, Charlie, the game actually had a lot of actors in it. It had uh, Rami Malek in it. Oh, nice. It also had, um, trying to remember the the girl from Heroes... um, Hayden Pantier. She was the in there and, there and a few okay. other actors as well. And they've, they've, they've been really good about the, the people that make this game have been really good with capturing uh, actors and likenesses. And uh, it's one of my favorite games on PlayStation. Really fun. So it works well for a horror film. I mean, that's exactly what it is. Gotcha. Who's the killer? What happened? Will, and then it, will you survive until dawn is essentially the premise. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can get down with this. Um, and again, oh, that game is, uh, it's, is now 10 years old. Okay. So, so, so it's a game that's been out for exactly. a bit. So, yeah. Well, that's fun. Yeah. I'd be down with that. So anyway, something going in production, we'll see probably two years from now. So well, even though, no, I guess we found it, the horror stuff is a little, little quicker turnaround it's because they fast. don't, yeah. they don't really have to deal with like, and then we've got to spend, you know, 50 gajillion dollars on no, CGI. No, they can go to, they can go to Vancouver, get one of yeah. those like resorts that are abandoned and then get a guy in a suit. Yes. Let, let let me go to my abandoned resorts guy and we'll get exactly. this knocked out. Yeah, exactly. Oh there's ton, there, there's like literally a billion of those in Vancouver. So many in Vancouver. They call it abandoned uh warehouse and mansion uh of the Pacific Ocean. The Pacific all North, North North Northwest. <laughs> Probably haunted. All right. So, okay. So, now you're in my wheelhouse with this next one and I will admit to you um it looks awesome, and uh, but I, I'm not going to buy a PlayStation to play I have it. a solution for you, Charlie. I have okay. a solution. Well, I mean, I so, have a solution, too, but let's hear yours first. Okay. So uh, so Xbox had their developer direct, and they were going to highlight four games, and um, 
one of those games was Indiana Jones and the Great Circle, which is a horrible name, but you know, don't say at least it's not the Circle Jerk of Destiny or something. Trying to put exactly. this together, <laughs> it, 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 exactly. It's it's kind of weird. So uh, they show this game. It's made by Machine Games. Machine Games is a fantastic studio. <laughs> they said they, it's made by a machine. It's yes. the first AI video game. What's he doing now? <laughs> exactly. But they made the Wolfenstein series, which the Wolfenstein oh, nice. series is set in uh, like World War II, oh, taking perfect. on Nazis. So they're they're they're. Like, really you, well you, done. Use all the same background. Probably use a lot of the same sets. Exactly. I mean, because I know I know sets are a thing in video games because they have to have an environment that they put somebody yeah, in. And exactly. All that and, and Wolfenstein is one of the oldest franchises in video games. And people thought, well, how do you make that game good? And you give it a good, to a good team. So um, yeah. Indiana Jones really hasn't been in video games in a long time. I think the last the, game the was Fate of Atlantis. Uh, or no, something. it was a game that was on. Um, I think it was called the apocalypse engine or something like that but it was on the Wii era so it was the Wii era why does so many of indiana jones's things sound like mad libs indiana jones in the blank of blank blank Uh uh-oh charlie you (laughs) you you uncovered their secret it's like the the family guy (laughs) yeah The dartboard, yeah, uh, ran, yeah, the random. Remember that stuff. time, yeah. So um, they are Machine Games is making this Indiana Jones game. It we didn't know anything really about this. Well, they gave us a trailer. It was almost three and a half minutes long. We find right. out it's going to be a first person action adventure. You can use your whip, you can use your gun, puzzle solving. Essentially, you're you're taking on uh, bad guys again. And this game is set. Uh, I believe the chronology is what they said. It's going to come was, between Raiders to, and the yeah. Last Crusade. I was trying to figure that out, which is just a two-year gap. Because, yeah. yeah, Raiders was 36, and uh, Last Crusade was in 38, and uh, Temple Doom was in 35. It was a prequel, mm-hmm. which you know some people know, some people don't. Yeah. Um, but uh, my solution is a lot easier. I will simply watch the cutscenes movie, which is what I do with every other video game story. Because, it, uh, you know, I know, Todd, you enjoy two hobbies that to me are really filled with anxiety and that's probably why I don't like them. And that's watching live sports and video games because both of them make me very anxious. Because you can't control them, right? You can't because, well, you and, control video games. That you know, you can turn it off. You can also turn off the TV. Um, but yeah, I, I tend to like to not have more anxiety in my life because life <laughs> life is in, and I and I don't struggle with a lot of anxiety. But you know, work can kind of drive you nuts sometimes. So why well, have a hobby that's initially that's uh, at some point going to super piss you off? So that's why I stay away from from video games except for the Lego games, which to me are very soothing because the characters build things and then you can have an ice cream and whatever it is. But this looks fantastic. Um, apart from you know and. Get, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought I read a headline. The guy voicing Indy isn't it the same guy who voices Joel in The Last of Us? Correct, Troy Baker. He he is a fantastic voice actor. He's done yeah. many, many things. They are using a likeness of Harrison Ford from that period. He doesn't nice. look exactly like him, which I really yeah. like. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, obviously there's only so much that they can do, even with yeah. these very high end triple trip. What are they triple A video games? As they call them, the ones yeah. that are really high end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that it can only look so. Uncanny, you know, uncanny valley-ish, like like Tarkin and Rogue One, but hopefully, you know, but hopefully, always improving, right? Always improving yep. and always looking a little bit more human until it looks a little too human, I guess. But yeah, this is this is great. And then again, yeah, your um, your uh, your, your button on this is should it inspire TV and films? And we've talked about this many, many times. Yes, we and have. I would imagine that our response would be fairly similar, and it would be. Not with Harrison Ford. <laughs> you know Correct. what I mean? Correct. You know, like I said, it, I, and it was funny, over the holidays, um, 
I bought because it was on sale at Voodoo. I usually, I've mentioned this before, I pick up movie packs and stuff or like little deals because I have a wish list on Voodoo Fandango. And I picked up a six or seven movie pack of the Sean Connery James Bond. Absolutely love them. There's no doubt that the movies don't hide up. I mean, hold up. I mean, in 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 Thunderball, he made him he he took he did surgery to make himself Japanese. So that does not hold up. My point being uh, that you know James Bond has been around since 1962 and it's been cast and recast. And it didn't stop with Sean Connery, right? And it did. Yeah, it did. It didn't. We didn't. They didn't have to trot out Sean Connery until the day he died to play old James Bond. They just. They kept the core of the character. It was. It's like in uh, uh, we we dubbed this week's Code Forty Seven, which you may have listened to by the time this came out. We dubbed it uh, Star Trek's Batman, Mister Spock. You know, and mm-hmm. because Spock has been played by a variety of different actors, uh, so it's the same thing. Why? Why? Oh, why is Indiana Jones not played by a different actor? They did it with Han Solo. A lot of people hated it. Superman. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's why they're like, well, people hated Alden as Han Solo, so we can't do the same thing with Indiana Jones. It's a huge missed opportunity um, to find a different way to say, okay, well, Indy also did, you know, push it further back. Here's Indy in the 20s when he's doing his jazz man stuff in Chicago, or give us the World War II Indy movie that they tried to do with the, you know, CGI de-aging fest that was, you know, part of the movie that, that failed last summer. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like a like a TV, like a string of miniseries, like the old Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. That was the recasting they did, and I thought that was popular. So it it, it makes me wonder why it fell off. That was also in the early '90s, and then nothing, which is why Indiana Jones probably lost its popularity because it fell out of the zeitgeist for an entire generation. So that, yeah, and and they didn't. And I think it's it's called franchise care. Really is is really yeah. the whole part of it. Indiana Jones like I said, has not had consistent video games, hasn't had consistent comic books, novels, TV series, or anything to really keep you engaged, get new audiences over time. They've had gaps of how many years between films? I mean, we're talking like a decade. 10, 15, 20. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, That is not how you build up a franchise. That's not how you protect and and love it. Right. Uh, Action figures, you know, collectibles. You know, yes. Say, yeah, say what you will about Star Wars. Yes, they had that big gap, but since 1999, we haven't really been without Star Wars. There's always been something, and again, the merch is a big part of it, and novels, it's the reason that yeah, yeah that you know, like it or novels. yeah, like it or lump it, they they do keep that franchise in your face. You know, if yeah. it's in, and even in the community, like you know, uh, the 501st, which is the the Lucasfilm approved costuming group, does officially license at events at you know local baseball games and i know that here in grand rapids they do our local hockey team that's coming up in a few weeks and i I know all those people who are involved in that but it keeps people thinking about you know i love baby yoda or i love chewbacca or boba fett blah 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 um yes i know i called him baby yoda but you know what you knew what i was talking about didn't you um the child the grogu or i I I like to um, actually I I, I have and always will call him Greggy (laughs) because the week that that episode was on April and I were were out. We were like walking out of a mire or something and talking about Mando. And I said, what what was his name again that they gave him? Was it uh, it was uh, Greg or Greggy? No, it was Grogu. I like Greggy better. So it's always been he's Greggy. He's my Greggy. Yeah. Um, So, you know, we said, you know, it should inspire the game, should inspire future, the future of Indiana Jones. And and I would say at this point, the easiest thing you could probably do is hire the animation team from What If, get this voice actor, 
Boom. And I don't want what if Indiana Jones tales. I just want Indiana Jones tales. Now, right. whether they're canon or not, I could give two craps because they're you all know, about like Indian, like James Bond. Do we even say, yeah. is that canon to whatever? No, he's just having a good time. He's just a dude. Yeah. And you just think about it. Think about it. They're all, they're all different worlds in the multiverse or, or Indiana Jones or uh, James Bond is simply a code name and they give it to some dude. You know what I mean? Where Indiana Jones could just be, they would have a fine time probably adapting those novels from the nineties. Sure. You're like, all right, we're making the fate of Atlantis and it's a three part animated, whatever. You know, airing oh. over three weeks and yeah, something. I've solved it, Charlie. Oh, please. The, the dog's name was Indiana, so it's going to oh, be okay. just, it's going to be with the dog. Oh, I- Indiana Jones, but really Indiana Jones. Or they could flip the script and he has a pet who's a dude named Henry Jones Jr. So it, so it then becomes the reverse of Hansel. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I love it. And then yeah. you can't you can't understand what the human is saying. How do you so recast yeah. that dog? We we what's the dog oh. guys? You can't recast it. Oh my god, you what bet. are you gonna do? That, do- that dog's got an iron cast uh, uh contract for his likeness rights. Terrible. Does All Harrison, right. Does Harrison Ford I mean he's got kids, right? Can we just cast one of them? He does, but they're they're not in the business. Mm. Yeah. Never stop Harrison people- Ford. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. He was Carpenter when he got That's hired. Right. He, he he built a door frame for George Lucas and he said, you know what? I think you should be a movie star. Based Come on your me. carpentry skills, you'd be a great yes. actor. Oh, I really do like the way you frame that top part of the door. I think you should have a career as a, as a multi-million dollar actor. Uh, did Shakespeare inspire that door? Of yeah, course so it there did. You go. Absolutely. All right, moving on. What do you got here? R.L. Stein confirms new Fear Street film is on the way from Netflix. I, Netflix just still continues to piss me off because I, have I told you what the no, and I'll tell you why. And it's not because of anything they make; it's because of the fact that I can't watch it when I'm on the road. Didn't I tell you about this? I have to take my travel Roku. I have to plug it in at home so it synchronizes the IP address, and then I can use it on the road. But I have to do that every week or so. Hmm. So I've never done my it mother because I never. My mother doesn't seem to have that problem with Netflix with my account. <laughs> No, no, not the account, the the device. Because if I'm if I'm in a hotel room in Flint and I go to Netflix, it said, "Well, you're not at your home address." So the only way that we can recognize this device, tablet, then yeah, I just but but you know what, Todd? It's the principle of the thing. It's the principle. Well, it pisses me because Netflix has. I love watching stand up, and all of the good stand up is on Netflix because that those are the original productions they do. So it kind of drives me nuts. But anyway. Okay, R.L. Stein, not my wheelhouse, so you go right sure, ahead. Sure. So, Charlie, if you remember, we really enjoyed that uh, Fear Street trilogy. It was right. uh, 94, 78, 1666. So oh, yeah, yeah, is, yeah, 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 yeah. So we, it was really neat because it was like standalone movies, but they're all connected. Um, they were released like a month apart or something like that. I forgot when they released them, but it was really cool. Really loved the series. And uh, it's basically Fear Street has, was a series that uh, R.L. Stein did. It was like a grown up like uh, Goosebumps for like the high school. Scene. Right. And so right, right. apparently they did really well. And there's a ton of books in the Fear Street series that are all a little bit different that um, they're looking to develop a new book series called our new mo- uh, movie based on the bo- uh, the series called The Prom Queen. Um, and Arl Stein is once again involved. There's actually, if you go down the link, there's a uh, picture of the cover and it said, she was drop dead beautiful. And there's a picture of oh, looking in the man. mirror. 
Yeah. That's that's my high school prom date. No, I I take that back. She was a very nice girl. Oh. Uh, and she did not look like a skeleton face, but she did not have a tiara. So, oh, I went I wonder, I want to hear maybe I'll tie this book title. I think it's the tiara that is the source of her power. Mm. And so potentially within the course of this book, the only way to stop her from absorbing souls or whatever is to destroy the tiara. I don't know. Get, you know what? At, at me on that one. Uh, folks. It's like Friday the 13th, the series where it was like cursed objects. Yeah. Yes. That is a cursed object. So this is fun. Yeah. It wasn't the one of those. I'm trying to remember. Wasn't one of those three fear street movies. There was a, a, a shootout in a supermarket and somebody's head went through like a deli slicer or something. Uh, it was like a was bread that, slicer. Was, yeah. It was like, that yes. was gross. Oh. It was like, that was more grotesque than I expected. <laughs> that was a little bit more than I was really hoping yeah. for. So yeah. So this is uh so yes, a, a standalone film based on, it would be based on this or just ba- Oh yeah. The prom based queen, on the prom good. queen. Yeah. In the yeah. first three series. So I could see this being evergreen where they could pick yeah. another book, develop and have a good time. And Netflix has done some really good horror stuff. So um, right. I don't know when this would occur, but you know, once again, horror films don't take that long. So this could yeah. be out they next could, year. They, they could roll on this and it could be, yeah, even at the end of this year, who knows? I mean, let's say they're doing it right now. You never know, but yeah, could be, could be so cool. Yeah. I, uh, I, I dig that very much. I dig it. All right. What else we got going on? Oh, he's not fat. He was born this way. Remake of the blob. Now was the last blob came out in 1958 was the first one that I'm aware of. Yeah. There was was 91. I think. Yeah. 88 came out in 88. 88. uh, Kevin Dillon was the star, if I'm not mistaken of that one. Yeah. Highly regarded too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I remember. Yeah. He was the leather, uh, black leather jacket and a huge mullet. That's what I remember about his character in that. Uh, Larry Hagman made a sequel to the film. Like the Larry Hagman made a sequel to the film in 72. Called Beware the Blob. Yeah. Before a super gory and great remake hit theaters in 88, in which the pink, uh, blob turned into a biological weapon created by the military. Well, you know what? Who else is going to create it? Come on now. Um, but yeah, that's that's great. And it's funny because no horror movie really made in this day and age is likely to be as as grisly and horrifying as something that came out in the 80s. Let's face it. It's just, you know, I, think about any horror movie you've seen in the last 10 years versus like The Thing or something like this. You know what I mean? It'll be scary, but it's not going to be like, ah, it's not going to be like putting somebody's head through a bread slicer. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that was one of the things I remember seeing the blob and I thought it was really interesting because the way they used the blob, like it had people inside it. You could see him and they looked horrified. He was all, yeah, Yeah. he was, he was, he caught his face. It was like the, like the Sarlacc. Uh, but like somebody was like his half of his face was gone. He was like, uh, but he was like caught in a rictus at the time of death. Yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently, uh, the person behind this is David Bruckner. He did that Hellraiser reboot that we did not like. Oh uh, yeah. And yeah, yeah, so, come to, yeah. Come to realize I hadn't, I hadn't even seen the original and I was like, this remake doesn't do anything, but make me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I mean, if you want to, yeah, the original Hellraiser. Holy crap, that's that's like quite the movie. Yeah, but um, he also did the Ritual in the Night House. Um, so uh, David Goyer is going to be involved with this. Night, night, night House is it, is it all like Roadhouse? Night House. It is. Yes, we, we only <laughs> we only talk about it at night. Um, so I, yeah. this could be good. I mean, the Blob is something like yeah. I said. It's been how long? Almost forty plus years. 40 more. Yeah. Than, yeah. Uh, and how can you really go wrong? It's, you know, it's like the, one of my favorite Stephen King 
films and they subsequently made it into a, a show is the mist and it's like mm. ooh, the the it doesn't sound scary but they made that movie really scary you know what i mean because it wasn't the mist that was dangerous it was because there was a mist there was a bunch of freaking art no there were cre- creatures from another dimension I've never seen it thanks so. to thanks to once again the u.s army oh bro it's by uh frank darabont uh, oh, okay. before the walking dead um okay. because again what really made the walking dead great early on was him but then there was all that controversy and got let go and then the walkie dead became in a lot of ways very also ran but as far as the really tight scripting and good concept you know frank darabont was the guy i think early on in that show but yeah i would recommend that one it's on my fandango okay. i'm just saying go check it out i think i think you'll like it yeah the end of the movie because when april and i watch it we went we're on a stephen king kick several months ago and she was like i love that movie but they changed the ending from the book and the ending is is brutal to watch um and it's not what you would think it is not so the the ending of the book is of the movie of yeah correct or so i'm told yeah but yeah no go you know what there you go you like to give me homework boom gave you homework go watch that movie okay so this will be uh probably on this is a warner brothers uh development so So it would most likely be on well probably uh, at theaters first and then going to max after that gotcha Good deal. And again, in pretty, well, we're just talking about horror. So again, could be out next year. Might have a little bit more CGI in it, though, yeah. because the, the creature itself. Uh, so yeah, maybe push that out. So, oh, Todd, what a bummer that our own Madam Web uh, is going back in time. They're turning it into a prequel, Todd. What's up with that? So yeah, this is uh, so Madam Web is essentially going to be a lot like Captain Marvel, where Captain Marvel took place in the nineties. The Madam yeah. Web film is going to be taking place in two thousand three. Charlie, Ooh, it was our glory like, days, <laughs> like the like the Last of Us, because the Last of Us, the beginning of it uh, yeah. in the television series, took place in 03 because it was a twenty yeah. year gap. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm having some mixed feelings about this one because again, um, it's the Spumco which still defies uh, logic to me that you have a franchise built around Spider-Man, but he's not in it. Um, But uh, you've got uh, a trio of ladies, powerhouse of actors, got Sydney Sweeney, who I, Oh, this call her Sydney Swooney. That 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 girl just overtakes me. Oh, um, but uh, you know, I really want to believe that they can turn a corner. But nothing they produce so far is is good at all. Um, so naturally, it it kind of sets the bar kind of low. Now, Todd, are we going to do a? Are we going to knock out a spoiler cast about this one? Do are we going to go see this right away? Just in you know what I I mean it 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 doesn't look horrible. It looks like look, it's going to be it, generic. Look, it, generic sounds. Perfect. That seems to be their wheelhouse. Pretty generic to lame and, and not really. But, but, but all of their stuff has been really bad. The Venom movies were really bad. Morbius was really bad. So, I mean, you know, can there be a morning after as the old song goes? I mean, can there be a time <laughs> that they turn it around? You know, um, it's a dead zone, Charlie. What else are you going to do? It's 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 a Valentine's <laughs> movie, but you don't have to go to Valentine's for it. You watch the weekend after Valentine's and you I mean... I, I mean, yeah, I don't think that this is the movie that you see in April doesn't really care about Valentine's Day. So what? But uh, still, you can I make mean, it special by taking her to Madame Web. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yes. Oh, well, honey, Madame Web is a part of our team. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so this is set in 2003. And I love the headline. If we don't get a Lincoln Parker Nickelback needle drop, then what are we what are we doing here? Exactly. Look at, look at this. Boo, boo. Uh, <laughs> What were we wearing in 2003? I don't think anything that interesting, to be honest. Probably, um, 
very similar. Tad, you're wearing a ring, a long sleeve ringer tee right now. Or yeah, baseball. I'm wearing a baseball. I'm wearing my Fire Club baseball shirt. And I'm wearing our SFU uh, logo tee, which can be found on our T Public store. Wink, wink, wink. No, 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 uh, notes in the uh, in the show notes. Uh, link in the show notes. I should say. I'm guessing girls were wearing shrugs at the time. Uh, a lot this of those past, ponchos the, or whatever the. This was past the time they were wearing the big um, bell-bottom jeans. Yeah, no, no wide-leg jeans. Yeah, yeah going exactly. back to, to straight leg. Were they yeah. doing like high waist and mom jeans things? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a woman. I'm a mom. Oh, well, <laughs> this is a fun bit right here. Charlie says the film was originally set in the '90s, where we learned this was set in the world of the Andrew Garfield Amazing oh. Spider-Man movies. But Snyder claims Sony then decided to change over to Tom Holland's Peter Parker, then axed the '90s out of the film entirely. This was a re- reshoot. So, if true, it paints the film's existence in even weirder light than before. Uh, and apparently, right. Adam Scott is rumored to be paying a young Ben Parker right. in this too. So that yeah, so that makes sense because again the. T- Tom Holland Spider-Man spared us the the misery of well let's yeah. tell the origin again because you just knew. Um so by the time we meet um we meet the Tom Holland Spider-Man in Civil War in that brief bit where Tony Stark goes to meet him and he merely alludes to the fact that I've had these powers for 6 months and yada yada yada. Then we get into Spider-Man Homecoming where he reveals what's going on with it with his his best but I want to say Ganky because they 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 pattern Ned after Ganky in the Ultimate mm-hmm. Spider-Man. But he's explaining to Ned his origin and but he doesn't go on to say blah 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 my uncle got killed or this and that. Um so Clearly, with this, there. So, are they going to have a, you know, a de-aged Marissa Tomei, or is Aunt May not going to be a factor? I mean, I don't know. You know, with that, they could then turn around and have a more traditional uh, Aged web. web. Yeah, but I mean, and again, uh, this character is based on Julia Carpenter, who was the. Uh, Spider-Woman from First Star and Secret Wars. She was in the West Coast Avengers after that. She then became Madam Web because she acquired the powers and stuff, but she wasn't an old lady sitting in a chair. She was just someone with psychic powers and all this different stuff. Grandma and then Web. The, That's what we need. <laughs> and then the other three super sexy ladies, uh, first of which would be Sydney Sweetie. Excuse me a second. I'm just kidding. Uh, and then uh, another one of them is... Uh, uh, another uh, uh, is Isabella Merced, the actress who is in whose whose career is taken off, and who's the third one? Because there's four I think of them. It's Spider Woman, isn't it? Well, no, no. Oh, and I was trying to think of the actress, oh. but no, it's yeah, it's like Aranya and Spider or something. Or other. Anyway, Rackney, I will yeah. admit, I, I will, I will admit that I will go see this. Um, I would morbiously like curious, morbiously curious. Oh. Yes. I see what you did there. Well, I am just because of my own, you know, deep love and affection for all things Spider-Man. But then coupled with the fact that Charlie, you saw Snake Eyes. So at that point, I mean, everything's on the table. Like I said, that's that's our next feature on our Patreon segment of A Bad Trip to the Movies with the Cardinals is Snake Eyes. We'll be doing that, I think, in April. So look for that. The uh, Nicolas Cage film, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. No, it's a merging of the two. Uh, (laughs) Um, So anyway, Storm Shadow. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, and Todd, we both have to see this because again, we have to um, we have to support financially Madam Web because that money True. comes back to us. Um, and speaking of money coming back to us, as the news comes to an end, friends, please forgive us for this brief commercial interruption. Hey, secret friends, unite! Let me tell you about ZenCaster. 
We use them for our show, and now they're supporting us. Zencaster is now the all-in-one solution making podcasting easy. It's the ultimate web-based podcasting solution. provides high-quality audio and video podcast production and hosting. With a full suite of professional tools, podcasters can seamlessly record, produce, and publish studio-quality content all from one dashboard. Being a creator has never been easier. And we chose Zencaster because of the ease of use, uh, high quality output, and we it makes it super easy for our guests to come on. Uh, we had multiple solutions we tried before, and Zencaster has just been the best fit for us. Why Zencaster? It's now super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. Log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. Record studio-quality sounds and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. Have you ever worried what you sound like? Zencaster's post-production process makes you sound buttery smooth. It automatically removes those ums and ahs in your recording. It removes those awkward pauses in conversation too. Set the right podcast loudness and levels while reducing background noise with the click of a button. So if you're interested in making an easy, high-quality podcast just with the click of a browser button, go to Zencaster.com slash SFU and use our code SFU you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Now back to the show. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy cover bands playing Drinks Are Poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. So this week, not watching a lot, because uh, I've been watching a lot of football and playing a lot of games, but uh, a new animated series has dropped on Fox, Animation Domination. Oh, and, yeah. I think I heard about this. Yeah, it's called Grimsburg. Now, uh, John Hamm uh, basically is the lead actor in this. He plays Marvin Flute. He is a uh, kind of... Uh, kind of a washed up detective previously was the greatest detective and he lives in a fictional town of Grimsburg and goes on cases. So it's that kind of case of the week. His partner is a part cyborg. His, he has, a, he has an ex-wife uh, played by Ray, uh, Don't <laughs> yeah, we all by Aaron Hayes. Um, yeah. uh, she was a, his ex-wife who was raised by bears. Very random. Sure, uh, why not? His son Stan. I, I was, I was always pretty sure my ex-wife was raised by wolves, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, his son, Stan Flute, is uh, Rachel Dratch. Uh, <laughs> Dratch. Yeah. Kevin Michael Richardson, famous voice actor, plays oh, yeah. detective uh, Greg Summers, who is a cyborg. And Alan Tudyk is uh, Dr. Rufus Pentos, basically. It's uh, Marvin's former music teacher turned nemesis. So it's kind of like a... Hannibal, you know, uh, and yeah. then he plays Mr. Flesh, Stan's imaginary friend, who is a skeleton. Uh, oh my god! Yes, yeah. So um, it's it's really there's only one episode. So out, episode out first came out in j- the beginning of January, but it's because of uh, uh, playoffs and things like that. They don't yeah, have yeah. anymore. But um, it's a funny it's a funny show. I'm sure it'll grow on me. It'll you know the characters will have their things with most like animated series. It takes a while, right? To- um, so far so good. I mean, nothing like immediately stands out it's goofy yeah. and silly um john ham's pretty good you can you can 
you can kind of tell it's John Hamm, but you kind of can't. So he's probably doing a good job of, of that's changing cool. his voice a little that's bit. Not yeah. That's not bad. That's not bad because otherwise it would probably uh, stand the reputation of being a bit stale if it was yeah. just like, I'm John Hamm. It's like Will Smith. It's like what you've always said about Will Smith. He's just Will Smith and everything he does. You know, yeah. so it's like, mm, it's with not horses, acting. with aliens, with, yeah, you exactly. Know, what was, your line from, what was your line from Wild Wild West? Get off your busted ass horse. <laughs> Welcome <Yeah>. to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Utah. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, so it's on uh, Hulu. Come on. Nobody's welcoming Utah. So exactly, <laughs> yeah. So it's on Hulu, so check it out. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, hopefully we'll get, like, probably get eight episodes, assuming it gets renewed, ever again, maybe yeah. more seasons. So uh, gotcha. that is my take on the show. I did watch something you also watched, so um, we can jam on that together. Oh, very good. Well, my, my I, I have a, a, a brief kind of tag back. I talked in the last last couple episodes about how I'm I'm kind of on a Star Wars kick. You know, I bounce between my, my various kicks, G.I. Joe to Star Wars. I'm always watching Star Trek, obviously, because we do the show. Uh, and then back to Marvel again. So right now I'm on a Star Wars kick, even though there's no new stuff on. Because, you know, I watched, you know, the end of Mando season two, because to me, you know, Luke Skywalker chopping up a bunch of droids is kind of where it's at. That led me. I watched the rest of Mando. I watched a bit of the Mando that was within uh, the Book of Boba Fett and he plowed through it. And then I said, you know what? I, I'll give Book of Boba Fett another stab because we all really thought, why did they make this show? We bitch, you and I bitched about it. I bitched about it with Mark over on uh, over on Holocron. But I thought, you know what? It's been two years since that show came out. That show came out at the end of twenty one, uh, and it was, you know, it, it it did its run basically this time back in twenty twenty two. So I thought I, I I'd already watched the last three, so I'll watch the first five, I think, or four or five. I can't remember how many episodes there were total, um, and just see if I get any more out of it and uh, you know, it, it kicks off that, you know, here, you know, we, we knew that, you know, at the, in that, that last scene of Mando that Boba decided to show up and uh, kill off the heir apparent to Jabba's fortune, which was big fat bib Fortuna. And he took over and you're like, okay, where's this going to go from here? And the series starts off that he's just, he's sitting in his back to tank cause he was all scarred up and stuff from living in the Sarlacc and whatever. And he's dreaming about his life and you see him get out of the Sarlacc and then the, he gets mugged by Jawas in his sleep, which I never understood. They came up and stole all this shit off of him. And he's just like, Oh, I'm just chilling. I'm just chilling. I'm glad they even left him. What if they took his jumpsuit too? Just be laying there naked, no big deal. Just you know, his nuts burning in the sun. Glad that didn't happen. Didn't need to see it. No offense to Mira Morrison. Um, but then, yeah, it's, you know, you, you follow his journey with the uh, with the getting. You know, he gets taken by the Tuscans and they turn him into a slave. But then he, you know, earns his freedom by you know beating up this Ray Harryhausen creature and. Uh, you know, because I think that one of the big struggles of the series is figuring out well, why is he doing any of this? You know, why does he want to be a crime lord if he's not a crime lord? And I felt while it's still not great, I'm not going to say, oh, my God, it completely changed my mind about it. Now it's my favorite thing. I at least felt like watching this, I, f I understood a bit more about his motivation because, you know, he was this big bad guy and then he got stripped down to nothing. He had nothing left. Then he was a slave and getting the shit beaten out of him all the time. Then, you know, he earned his place with the Tuscans and they were his family. Then they got killed off. And then he finally just says, hey, you know, organized crime sucks. But much like my much like my own experience with the cosplay community, uh, where the only way to control the madness is to basically run it yourself. 
I started a fan club. There's some cosplay involved mm-hmm. and we keep the drama out of it pretty much. Uh, I feel like my journey with cosplay is Boba Fett's journey to the show. You know, the only way he figured that he could keep things on an even keel was to be the benevolent good guy that didn't, didn't, didn't allow any drama. So that's what I got out of it. I don't know. It's weird. Again, I'm not saying I pulled a, a 180 on this, but I pulled maybe like 55 degrees out, out of that 180. It pulled me back in another direction. So I understand it a bit more and I like it a bit more than I used to. So I'm not saying, you know what, as we say uh, with most things on the show, your mileage may vary. Uh, so you may have, you may already love it. I mm-hmm. respect that. You may never be able to watch again, like Todd, who will never watch it again. I can absolutely guarantee it unless somebody is like holding a knife. I at watched the pitch him. meeting, Charlie, and that gave, reminded me of all the things I didn't want to relive. And again, I think the fact that they, the, that, that nearly a third of the season is taken up by a story that doesn't involve Boba at all. When they stuck Mando in there with Grogu and Luke and Ahsoka, it's like, I thought that I still find that unforgivable. That was a, that was, that was poor form. I didn't care for that. Um, but it's funny. I watched that part of it in context between Mando's seasons two and three. And then again, I watched all of Mando season three and liked it a little bit better than I did the first time, but not a lot. Um, so <laughs> breaking Boba Fett up into that first five episodes gave me a little bit more perspective, made me like it a little bit more. So, you know what? I guess if there's, if there's a, a moral to the story, Sometimes with time and just like in life in general, you know, time heals all wounds. If you, if the book of Boba Fett hurt you, you might be entitled to compensation. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's possible that if you give it another shot and maybe think about it in a different way, you might enjoy it somewhat differently. That's what I'm going to throw out there. Doesn't apply to Todd. There's no way he'd ever enjoy it. I understand that's fair, but you know what people out there, yeah, give it another crack. Who knows? Might be all right for you. Take some so, crack. And then watch it again. <laughs> well, like that lizard that went into uh, Boba Fett's brain. Yeah, one of those. that was great. That was, yeah, that, was that was amazing. That was, was good stuff. Absolutely. I need a vision right. quest in every movie. I do, especially especially lizard induced. There's no doubt about it. All right, so you and I both watch. April and I are huge fans of the Colbert Report. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's not the Colbert Report. It's the Late Night with Stephen Colbert uh, because I love him. Usually, we watch the first half because the interviews get kind of boring. But we watch his his plug at the beginning in about. Two months ago, he had uh, uh, actress, uh, or excuse me, comedian Taylor Tomlinson on. I love Taylor Tomlinson. Uh, saw her live here in concert in Grand Rapids uh, last year. Had enjoyed both of her Netflix specials. And he brought her on and he said, hey, uh, my news is, is that we're bringing back uh, At Midnight, or we're going to be calling it After Midnight, which was a great show with the now... Is Chris Hardwick canceled? Does he still do things? Because I knew that he, he had a was lot, a voice a actor in uh, Crepopolis. So, and okay. he was—he's in this show called Bar Something or Other. It's a it's Bar a, Something or Other. That is a bar that, arcade Barpocalypse or something like where they play games at a bar. It's so dumb, but he's on so, that. Okay. Yeah, because he, you know, he, he was in this whole thing. Oh, his ex-girlfriend said he was abusive, but there was no proof, but it kind of destroyed his career anyway yeah. or something. Wasn't it something like that? I don't yeah. I'm not trying to make light of it. I, I, I feel like I remember that ultimately the case, there, was, there wasn't a legal case, but in the court of public opinion, it kind of killed him mm-hmm. or it, it hurt his career without yeah. a doubt. So I don't know. I'm not going to com- comment on that. But anyway, that was a show that I feel like was on Comedy Central, maybe – Maybe five or six years ago, maybe longer. But I feel like April and I watched people watch Comedy Central. 
Yeah, people watching comedy when, when there were cable networks. I feel like April and I watched it together, but I could be wrong. So within the last 10 years. Uh, but anyway, she announced that uh, I'm, you know, we're re- rekindling this show. It's going to air uh, after this show that I'm on, the late night show with Colbert, and it's going to be in early January. So cool. I'm excited. They're bringing it back. Uh, Monday was the Emmy. So they're, you know, it was, it, it started on Tuesday of this past week. So essentially a week ago for, if you're listening to this one, it comes out and the first night's guest had Whitney Cummings was one of the guests. Mm-hmm. I adore her. Uh, she just had, yeah, she just had a baby, but she looks fantastic. Um, and the other two guests now I'm already forgetting. Wrong holder. And then, uh, awesome, guy, awesome dude. An Indian comic. Can't remember. Her name oh yeah. Pavna or some such. Anyway, the first night to me, I was laughing. I was having a fun time. Um, And I know there were three. I'm kind of drawing a blank on the second one. The third night, I thought, really fell flat. I don't know. Have you watched all three? I only watched the first one, but that's kind of true about that show in general. It all depends on the comics. Like I used to. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's super dependent because they they bill it as a rekindling of the old show, which is basically like watch this Internet clip and, you know, heckle it or make comments about it or have fun with Mm -hmm. it. And yeah, I thought that first night was a slam dunk. The second night, like I said, I'm just not clicking with who was on it. But I just remember the third night. They had some folks I didn't know, and one of the comics in particular, you could just really tell it wasn't, even Taylor seemed uncomfortable. It just really wasn't clicking. Um, so it makes, and then I read a headline of, of some wag who said, well, it's very uninspired, burr, 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 you know, whatever. People are going to say that stuff. So I don't know. But again, judging by that first episode, which clearly you watched as well, um, when you have a cast uh, you know, you have a guest cast that's working for that particular episode. It really clicks. But that third episode, I feel like it was the third episode, really, it really crashed for me. So I won't say it makes me. So fearful. are they yeah. so one for three or would you say they're two for three? You know what? It's kind of like they're they're uh, one up, one down. And then I'm li- I mean, I would have to look it up to I don't even remember the second episode. So it's kind okay. of like a nil. So I would call it a tie because the okay. third episode, I, the, the middle episode, I just don't remember. Um, so, but again, like I said, when I get up in the morning, uh, whether I'm home or I'm on the road, I watch Colbert, I watch the daily show, but it's not back yet, which is kind of frustrating. No, so it's random host again, right? Uh, no, it's just not on. It has been oh. on since, since the middle of December. Okay. Um, so I don't know what's going on with that, even though they, they won an Emmy or they were up for an Emmy. Like there was a, there was a post on one of their social medias that look, we won an Emmy. And I went into the comments, when's the show coming back? Cause I want to know. I've, I've loved the daily show since we were in college, mm-hmm. Todd, you yeah. and I watched that together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I have no idea what's going to happen with this. I hope it finds an audience. I love Taylor. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for her success. Um, but it could, it could fall into the same pitfall. Uh, of the original show. And of course, with nostalgia get goggles on, I could say, oh, the old show was always great. It, I'm sure it wasn't always great. I'm sure they had terrible episodes with with bad contestants, as it were. Because yeah, it's a combination, it's supposed to be it's a combination of this, you know, basically internet spoofery and then Taylor talking to her contestants or her 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 guest stars about what they do. And it doesn't seem like it's a lot much of the second one, but that's okay too. I mean, podcasts are like that too. You know, you listen to a podcast where let's say it's two stand-up comedians. One will throw the other one said, Hey, you know, Todd, you got some tour dates coming up. Like, yeah, I'm in Tacoma, Washington and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, so it's that kind of thing. I think it's also because the original at midnight was only half hour. 
This is okay. like an hour long. I think that's is it, is it really? I felt like it was going on really long. Yeah. But it was it's so early in the morning. I'm not it's not like I'm looking at my watch and trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. I think it's just way too long. It needs to be condensed. I know they have to fill the time, but yeah. Um, and you know, maybe it should be half and half. Maybe it's like, let's do this part, and then the second part is maybe interviews or something. I don't know. I don't know if that's interesting that that, that or, uh, or maybe I, just stand up. It just yeah yeah the the do, like do an interview. This sounds like that would break up any kind of flow they might have. So I don't know that that would click, but yeah. but you don't know. Um, so you know I won't say I'm fearful that it won't make it. I, I don't know. I don't know how long the original was on or what what killed it. I don't know. Maybe the whole controversy with Hardwick is what killed it. I have no idea. I, I just I just don't really recall. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's the first week, right? So yeah. uh, I know yeah. like some like when any like talk show host, the first week mm-hmm. is always like or the, even the first year is like funky. It doesn't always yeah. feel right. So give right. him some time. Give him, you know, yeah. her, also no, I, I, will, fine. Yeah. I think she laughed too much sometimes. Yeah, and I, I, I know. I noticed that. Yeah, I noticed that too. Is that she? Had, yeah, she has.